0: Bad Sandwich by Dan Thompson and Jim Eaton Episode 4 Survival of the Fittest
1: Captain's Log, 15th of November, 1831 It is with great pleasure that I, Captain Robert Fitzroy, have now assumed full command of survey ship HMS Beagle. Our departure to Tierra del Fuego has been delayed due to the need for refitting, however I expect that we shall be underway before the end of the year. The Trump squeaker needs replacing, and I'm concerned about the state of the spanker, but it shouldn't be too difficult to get them shipshape and Bristol fashion. Admiralty were unhappy with my suggested manifest, due to it consisting solely of 80 tonnes of Dutch porn. They have instead suggested food, water, and more patriotic Welsh porn. Clever boys, those admirals. Additionally, I have brought a gentleman naturalist aboard who will not only pay his way, but also act as good company for me. Hesitated at first, as we already have a naturalist in our ships, Dr. McCormick. But the man's paying good money, and it's not like you can ever have too many naturalists.
2: Diary of Robert McCormick, 9th of December, 1831. Dear diary, I am happy to report that as of today I find myself finally on board the great HMS Beagle bound for the South Americas, It is my fondest hope that I, Robert McCormick, physician, naturalist, and expert mime artist, will soon be able to count my name among such greats as Sir Isaac Newton, Dr Edward Jenner, and Sir Francis Bacon, although hopefully without the whole being killed by a frozen chicken thing. We are to set sail as soon as possible, and I understand that there will be another man of science on board the vessel in the shape of a keen amateur called Charles Darwin. Apparently, he was going to be a vicar, but decided to try his hand at science. Good for him, I say. I wonder if he'll be nice. He sounds nice.
0: Diary of Charles Darwin. 9th of December. It is now December. We were meant to leave in October. I hate December. Now on board this ship. Captain Fitzroy says the ship's doctor is also apparently a naturalist, but I don't hold out much hope for an intellectual equal. Even amongst other men of science, I find that there are wild variations. This is why I pride myself on being a gentleman naturalist, as opposed to those ruffian naturalists who hang around owl sanctuaries stealing other people's fronds. How tedious.
1: Captain's Log, 10th of December. The Trump squeaker is finally fixed, and the spanker is set. Finally, we can leave for the Americas. Only two months late, but who's counting? Darwin seems a nice enough chap, although I'm not sure he'll quite be up for the fortnightly dresses across station parties.
2: Diary of Robert McCormick, 12th of December. We'll meet Darwin properly at the captain's table this evening. I am truly worried that he has a label, Gentleman Naturalist. I tried to look it up in my illustrated children's guide to the noble professions, but found nothing. I wonder what sort of naturalist I am don't want to come across as too arrogant, but it needs to sound fairly impressive. Impervious naturalist? Profound naturalist? We'll muse on it further. Must dig out my best trousers.
0: Diary of Charles Darwin, 12th of December. Met the doctor at dinner. He was wearing suspicious-looking trousers that reminded me of a badger. Introduced himself as an isosceles naturalist, which would have impressed me more if he hadn't had a dictionary sticking out of his pocket.
2: Diary of Robert McCormick, 12th of December. Dinner went well. I think Darwin was pleased by my isosceles ruse, but he kept talking about pie, which was very odd, because we were having soused hogs' noses. Damn it, now I'm hungry again. Captain's Log, 14th of December.
1: We left Devonport as expected, but the slip arse has snapped, so we've been forced to drop anchor a few miles away at Plymouth Sound. Might be here a while. Partially because the arson he's recleaving, but also because McCormick scampered ashore looking for new species. Thought Darwin might go with him, but seems to already feel a certain antipathy towards the fellow. This could be a long trip. But at least there's booze.
2: Diary of Robert McCormick, 14th of December. Wonderful day exploring new shores. Surprised Darwin didn't join me, actually, but uh, I'm hoping to go over my discoveries with him later nonetheless. It's a shame the green sea beast escaped, but... I did find a sea snail that was exactly the same size and shape as an acorn.
0: Diary of Charles Darwin, 14th of December. Spent the afternoon watching McCormick chasing a cocker spaniel covered in seaweed. That is all.
1: Captain's log, 23rd of December, 1831. Still stuck in Plymouth. Darwin is really getting on my tits by ignoring anything McCormick says, leaving him sulkily and constantly declaring that he's fine and doesn't want to talk about it. He then proceeds to talk about it.
2: I'm double rationing rum to myself. Diary of Robert McCormick, 24th of December. So, it seems we were still in Plymouth and not America. Someone could have said...
0: Diary of Charles Darwin, 24th of December. McCormick has only just worked out we haven't left England. I may have to kill him.
1: Captain's Log, 27th of December, 1831. Ah, Merry Christmas, you... Beautiful bastards! We've set sail! I'm the king of the world!
2: <coughs>
1: <coughs>
2: Diary of Robert McCormick, 16th of January, 1832. We have now been at sea for three weeks. I keep trying to engage Darwin in friendly debate, but he merely stares at me as if I were an idiot. Pointed out that just because I'm only an isosceles naturalist, doesn't mean he has to treat me as if I'm little more than a hairless ape. He looked almost as if I'd said something profound, and then scribbled something in his notebook and slunk off, sniggering.
0: Diary of Charles Darwin, 16th of January. If he continues to address me, I shall slap him in the face with a pithy glove. I always keep one handy, as any gentleman should. Amusingly, his comment about hairless apes has given me an idea about something. And the man's an idiot, so it's probably nothing. And then again...
1: Captain's log, 21st of January,
2: 1832. BOOS! Letter to Mr. Charles Darwin, 27th of January, 1832. Sir, as it has always been my wish to make myself and my theories cordial to you, I enclose a specimen which I recently gathered from the ship's anchor, and I am convinced is a new species of sea bird. It clearly has traces of feathers and uh, distinct wings, but I am reluctant to classify it without a second opinion. As Cicero once said, Solum potestis prohibere ignis silvarum. I am, sir, ever yours. Sincerely, Isosceles, Robert McCormick.
0: Letter to Robert McCormick, 28th of January, 1832. Sir. You clearly have a veritable genius in realizing I am delighted to spend my time looking at your specimens and discoveries. I congratulate you on recognizing how much I relish spending hour after hour listening to you expand your latest thoughts and ideas. Clearly I have nothing better to do. C-L-E-A-R-L-Y. Clearly. I delight in returning your sea bird, which is in fact a fish. Darwin. P.S. I don't recall Cicero ever remarking on his ability or otherwise to prevent forest fires. P.P.S. Te odi. Tibi mortem concleare conscisci.
2: Letter to Charles Darwin, 28th of January, 1832. What?
0: Darwin to McCormick, I hate you. Kill yourself with a spoon.
1: Captain's log, 30th of January 1832. have put in at Tenerife in order to take on fresh supplies of grebe. McAdams noticed a tear in the port bastard sail as well, so I expect that will need to be replaced. McCormick and Darwin now communicating entirely by letters. I've invited both for dinner tomorrow and am beginning to understand why the previous captain shot himself.
0: Letter to Captain Robert Fitzroy, 31st of January 1832, 705 pm. Captain Fitzroy, please ask McCormick to pass the potatoes. Darwin.
1: Letter to Charles Darwin, 31st of January 1832, 706 pm. Mr. Darwin, stop writing letters at the dinner table. Fitzroy.
2: Letter to Captain Fitzroy, 31st of January 1832, 707 pm. Captain Fitzroy, there aren't any potatoes. McCormick. Letter
1: to Robert McCormick, 31st of January, 1832, 7.08 p.m. Mr. McCormick. Yes, there are. Oh god, you've got me doing it now. Fitzroy.
0: Letter to all concerned, 31st of January, 1832, 7.09 p.m. Dear sirs, have the salad instead. Yours, the potatoes.
1: Captain's log, 2nd of February, 1832. Boarded by pirates. Feared that they intended to sell us into slavery, but upon discovering we had two bickering naturalists on board, they fled. Begged to be taken with them. Refused.
2: Diary of Robert McCormick, 8th of February, 1832. Have discovered a weakness in Darwin's collection method. The fool insists on shooting all of his specimens before dispatching them home to the Royal Society the resulting carcasses can scarcely hope to provide even a small clue as to the behaviour of the animal in life. As such, I have resolved to instead send only live samples to the society in order to help them better understand the beasts. Doubtless this will be a significant breakthrough in the world of natural sciences and shall result in my being hailed as the preeminent naturalist of my age.
0: Letter to Robert McCormick, 10th of March, 1832 We at the Royal Society thank you for the shipment of 12,000 live wasps. Please send us no further correspondence. Letter to Robert McCormick, 11th of March, 1832. Mr. McCormick, how are your wasps, dickhead? Darwin. Diary of Charles Darwin, 15th of March, 1832. McCormick continues to insist on bringing live specimens on board, despite the obvious lunacy of this. This afternoon he brought a live crab, which he intends to send back to London. I have decided to shoot," said Crab, as any other course of action will likely result in foolishness. I shall borrow a pistol from the captain for the purpose. Diary of Charles Darwin, 16th of March, 1832. Crab now has pistol.
1: Captain's log, 18th of March, 1830. Something. I acquiesced to Crab's demands and granted it a rowboat with a month's worth of supplies. Decided to follow in Captain Stokes' example and shoot myself, but realised Crab
2: still has my gun. Depressed. Diary of Robert McCormick, 20th of March, 1832. Note from Darwin passed to me today. It features several apes, each appearing more like a man than the last until eventually a drawing of a man itself. Following this were several more apes, each less human, as if regressing back to the beginning. The final figure was of a chimpanzee licking his own testicles with an arrow pointing to it and a label saying, This is you. Responded by taking a shit in his hammock.
1: Captain's log, 26th of March, 1832. The ship continues to be beset by problems. The dolphin striker is now completely broken, forcing us to bring the dolphins up on deck in order to strike them. In order to avoid a repeat of the crab incident, I've resolved to show firm leadership and simply eat every specimen that McCormick and Darwin bring on board consumed four albatross yesterday, feathers and all. think I'm having a breakdown.
0: Diary of Charles Darwin, 30th of March, 1832. A slow day. Rescued the captain after he attempted to swallow a 90-pound sea turtle without chewing, recorded a new species of flying mollusk, put sea urchins in all of McCormick's socks.
2: Much the same day as every day this week, really. Letter to Charles Darwin, 2nd of April, 1832. Sir... This feud has gone on long enough. It is clear now that there is only room for one naturalist aboard this ship, and I think we both know who that is. McCormick.
0: Letter to Robert McCormick. 3rd of April, 1832.
2: Sir. Yes. Yes, we do. Darwin. Letter to Charles Darwin, 4th of April, 1832. Sir, I am glad we agree. Unless, of course, you are being sarcastic, in which case clearly we do not. It's hard to tell in letters. Regardless, I hereby challenge you to a naturalist off. The person who discovers the most new things by the time we reach Rio de Janeiro will be the winner and gets to remain on the ship. The loser returns home in disgrace. What say you, McCormick?
0: Letter to Robert McCormick, April the 5th, 1832. Sir, oh, I am so scared. However, ever will I beat you at the thing that I am famously the very best at doing? Darwin.
2: Letter to Charles Darwin, 6th of April, 1832. Sir! Still can't tell if you're being sarcastic. We'll assume that you are not and that you are afraid, which you should be, McCormick. Letter to the Reader, 7th of November, 1957.
0: Sir, have inserted this letter into a pile of correspondence from HMS Beagle in the hope that it one day will be pulled out and accidentally read by an historian. Yours, Terry the Archivist. P.S. Willys.
1: Captain's log, 15th of April, 1837. I didn't want to be a ship's captain, you know. I wanted to be a sock puppeteer. Just travelling the country with a little stage and a bag of socks. Painting little faces on them, doing the voices. Oh, hello Mrs. Sock, how are you? Very well, thank you Mr. Sock. I, I think I could have been pretty good at that. I finished the rum and started on the lamp oil. McCormick and Darwin want me to officiate some kind of competition between them. I suppose I could do that. Or, I could sink the ship. What do you think, Mrs.
2: Sock? Kill them all! Now, why is there an urchin in here? Letter to Charles Darwin, 23rd of April, 1832. Sir, please find enclosed the sum total of my discoveries for the period of our contest. I hope that you are ready to return home and live out the rest of your life in meaningless obscurity while I am henceforth recognised as the greatest naturalist who has ever lived. For the sake of clarity, I should like to inform you that some of that sentence was sarcasm, and I do in fact hope that you are not ready to do this, and that you are both surprised and sad and cry a little bit. I enclose my notes and invite you to look on them in wonder as you see that I have discovered three types of bird, five species of insect, and a new kind of rock which might also be a bush. In the interest of ending this little affair as soon as possible, please let me know what pitiful discoveries you have made during this time. Yours, Robert Cleverpants McCormick. Letter to Robert McCormick
0: 23rd of April, 1832. Sir, I have discovered the origin of every creature that does, has,
2: or ever will exist. Darwin. Letter to Charles Darwin. 23rd of April, 1832.
0: Best of three? Survival of the Fittest was written and recorded by Dan Thompson and Jim Eaton. It starred Gareth Cooper as Captain Fitzroy, Dan Thompson as Robert McCormick, Jim Eaton as Charles Darwin, with Nicola Sangster as The Potatoes. The music was by bensounds.com. This was a Bad Sandwich production for Captain Pringle Stokes. He's real, you know, look him up.